The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. Thank you for listening to Confidential Brief. And today I'm in discussion with a very good friend and a peer, um, actually a legend within the private investigation industry in South Africa, none other than Mike Borlase. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So, Mike, before we get started, I believe you're out on investigation in the in the Bundus. Where are we talking to you from today? I'm in Natal. Uh, I've been here for three days doing uh, some investigations between Durban and Stanger. Very hot. I've had a bit of chance uh, to um, enjoy the sea. So I've, I've taken a bit of uh, a rest as well in between. But you know, in our game, you as well. You always take your work wherever you go. Very true that, Mike. And uh, yeah, the humidity down there must be must be quite high considering the heat we're experiencing in Johannesburg today. It's welcome after all the rain. But then again, this is Africa. We can always do with with more rain. Mike, let's get right down to it. I promised our listeners today we're going to be chatting about the latest scams that are doing the rounds. And um, you, you one of the foremost investigators in South Africa dealing with individuals that have been victims of, of scams. If you were to give us a couple of um, scams that people need to look out for, what would you say is the most prevalent at the moment? Uh, thanks, Chad, and thanks again for the opportunity. Uh, number one, it's important that the world knows that the biggest crimes in the future will be cybercrime. Uh, for the last years, we've seen a uh, escalation in cybercrime like I've never seen in any other crime. Uh, for those that don't uh, really understand what that means, it means platforms any form of communications, electronics that you're involved with or on, where people or uh, let's rather say criminals interfere and move you out of your money uh, or even follow you, uh, watch you, surveil you, etc., etc. So cybercrime has got to do with, it's an umbrella name for all crimes that uh, the criminals are committing through all forms of platforms, electronics or communications. So the biggest one that we have been involved with of late was the sextortion one. Um, a short explanation would be a man, it's usually on men, would open a link or would be uh, um, uh, look, looking for a girl and then uh, get, get involved in a form of a chat communication. It's usually through WhatsApp, but it can be on any other platform as well. And then they start sharing um, communications, verbal, and then photos, and then the camera drops, and, you know, uh, all the necessary plumbing is shown. And uh, then uh, suddenly this girl, inverted commas, which is usually a syndicate, will then say, but, uh, you know, we need some money for this, that, and the other. And if the man refuses, then uh, he would be uh, intimidated and extorted in the sense that uh, they would uh, divulge all his information, all the pictures on all these platforms, uh, usually on Facebook or on all his um, uh, associates on, 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 on his phone book. So the sextortion thing is rife. It's, it's very big. The biggest one I've had was uh, close to a million. And uh, it, it happens... Uh, most probably in the thousands, hundreds of thousands. I've, I've done more than 3,000 myself in the last couple of years, but I can only handle so many uh, in my organization, so many a day. And we've now uh, 
by this time have worked it out thoroughly so that we can help people as much as possible. But it is a big warning out there. Do not open any link. Do not go searching for girls. Stay away from pornography, porn sites. Stay away from any form of sexual content. Uh, don't be in any way interested or um, don't get pulled into it in any way whatsoever. The danger of your phone being infiltrated, your information being drawn, and then um, you, and even if you don't send photos, the chances of your face being used and Photoshop with a naked uh, other person um, with that face is, is also there. And then obviously the editing is being done. The You cannot believe, I'm sure you've all seen in uh, the, the recent WhatsApp videos and jokes that goes, uh, goes, out, goes out about quite um, uh, prominent and important people where um, they can edit the voices and the faces. So uh, unfortunately these... Uh, uh, possibilities are available nowadays with technology, and that's why I say stay clear. Uh, the other, uh, Chad, you must butt in when I must stop, but the other uh, scams are the uh, scar, the car scam has now become quite big as well, the recent one, where uh, it's absolutely photoshopping identity theft. Identity theft does not only mean when uh, your face or your ID or your information has been stolen and used in order to commit a crime. Identity theft is also when a business's details, like his cars, were photographed and his logos and all his information. This has happened to Diskim, this has happened to SARS, this has happened to banks, this has happened to many uh, organizations, especially uh, in the tender fraud that has happened um, in the government as well. A lot of identity Information has been stolen, presented. In the meantime, it's all false, it's fake. So they present these cars, and then um, the prices are just just uh, low enough for you. Uh, they don't make it uh, an absolute bargain. A car could be a hundred thousand. They sell it for eighty, but then you have to pay a, pay a deposit, and then they want to bring you the car. You have to pay for the transport and the petrol money, and by that time they have um, hooked you, caught you. It's called fishing as well these extortions, so do not buy a car unless you've seen it, driven it, had it tested by your mechanic, and here are the golden rules for scams. You never, ever send any money, ever, unless you've done a thorough, thorough in-depth investigation, and I mean an in-depth investigation. You like in wants to be a millionaire, you call a friend, number one. Number two, then you call an expert, an IT expert, or somebody that knows and then you ask your bank manager, and then you ask police if they can be helpful, or any other authority, and even attorneys. But you never, ever pay money over unless you are absolutely, totally convinced and sure. And when it comes to buying of goods, you never buy something unless it's absolutely factually there. And if it's a vehicle, that you've tested it and evaluated it. But there's so many scams, Chad. Yet there are. Puppy scams, the pet scams. There are uh, clothing scams, uh, handbag scams, holiday scams. <laughs> We're going to cover some of these. Thousand. We're going to cover some more of these just now. It's time to take a break. We're chatting to Mike Wallace about everything related to scams in South Africa. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. My name is Chad Thomas. And I'm chatting to a very good friend today, Mike Borlase, 
who's already given us a lot of info in respect of scams that are doing the rounds. Uh, we've touched on this extortion scams. We've touched on the vehicle scams. And there's just so many scams out there. Tell me, in respect of romance scams, uh, Mike, we're seeing a lot of these. Can you give us a little bit of the profile of a victim of one of these romance-type scams that's taking place? And maybe just to let our listeners know what a romance scam is. Yeah, this is probably the most upsetting because what happens is a couple that has been married for many a years, one dies, and then they become lonely. The family might not be enough, friends might not be enough, and they sometimes actually just want to be alone and, and, and rethink their relationships. We see this so many a times. You can go out of, out of your way, and this is good advice, to make sure that if you have a family member that you pick up is lonely, make sure that you uh, let them listen to this and, uh, and also warn them about this uh, because we believe in absolute crime prevention, of course. So uh, this person, usually the old ladies would then uh, roam on all the platforms and then there would be nice photos of an elderly man that starts chatting. But these scamsters are the most devious that I've ever found because they are patient, they take their time, and they can communicate just for months till there's a relationship established, a communication relationship, and there's some trust that has been built up. <clears throat> Sorry, and then, then suddenly something happens. Uh, he might send a horrific photo where he's, he's cut his arm due to a cons- construction site or something, and, and, and he needs some financial support. But that's when it starts, and slowly but certainly, uh, the old elderly lady gets drawn into his complete and total lifestyle. In the meantime, absolutely everything that is posted is fake. These are usually Nigerians behind it. They are extremely clever. This is what they do daily, 24-7. This is their work, is to knock and scam people. And they knock and scam the most in the world uh, by, the, by the millions. And they, and like the other scams, are the experts on it. So what they'll do is they'll eventually escalate, and then he has to go to a hospital, and he, uh, his arm has to be uh, amputated, or anything similar or equal to what I've just explained. But it eventually gets so bad that uh, all the money that this elderly lady has, everything that was left behind either by pension or policies, starts even borrowing money from family members and friends. I've had an elderly lady that was knocked and scammed where she was, it's different to the sweetheart scam, but it turned into a sweetheart scam where she would have won 99,000 rand about, this is about eight years ago now, and uh, she got into a relationship with uh, this Nigerian so much that she didn't know that he, that he was, because he could fluently speak, speak Afrikaans and English, and he didn't sound as if he was um, a Nigerian. Um, he was very clever, he was very good, and he presented himself as a, a head of a banking Association, head of SARS in South Africa, or a high position in SARS, um, a very a, a high executive at Nokia. Uh, this was the Nokia scam then, the 99,000 rand that you can win. And uh, he, he just portrayed himself as, as the head of so many institutions, and he differed his voice every time. We, record, we recorded this all this one specific case. It was the most and the biggest and the most spoken of case at that stage. But for five years, 
he took this elderly lady for 7.4 million rand. Now, you might listen to this and say, what, Mike, is this the truth? Is this really so? This lady meticulously, meticulously kept all slips. And I can tell you it's an apple box full. And she has been, she has been to all kinds of authorities, which eventually just constantly chased her away because she wouldn't listen. She wouldn't just stop it. She just carried on every time. She was seven times my client the last time I actually physically removed her out of my office. And she, she, I think she paid her last 300 rand that she, um, could pay, uh, because we exposed it. It was on national TV. We had no choice as to warn everybody because she was uh, taking, literally robbing money from the families and friends. And you can think for yourself, uh, selling the, the house at the sea, uh, also spending all the money of her husband, which, uh, by the way, was a, a wheelchair case uh, which needed to be tended for 24-7. She spent all his money, friends, family, as I've said, to the amount of 7.4, which is so unbelievable when you hear it. But it's a spirit. It's a spirit that has grabbed grabbed hold of these elderly ladies. And they just, you can tell them, you can show them the facts, you can show them the amount that they've spent, you can show the hurt on the family members, how they've been knocked and scams, the friends, even the bank sit in front of her and explain it to her. Even after we play the recordings to her and dissect everything Explaining it thoroughly to her, it's like a grip. It's a spirit that is so strong. And uh, we haven't heard of her again, but uh, the point is that she has nothing, absolutely nothing left. So the sweetheart scam is a very dangerous scam, and it's a warning to elderly people, lonely people. People get involved in scams for several reasons, and one of the main reasons is they want to be loved, but they seek love in all the wrong places. This is a wrong, a wrong place to seek love. And once again, uh, any any person that starts asking for money, you must always ask yourself the agenda. But by the way, ladies out there and elderly men, all of you elderly people, I would highly, highly warn and, and suggest that you do not get in, involved in any form of Internet relationships. They are all. I have yet to get one. And we are, as Chad has said, the specialists on this field. We do not know of any Internet relationships that has worked out. It doesn't uh, on these platforms. You stay away. You don't get involved at all. And um, those who are, are involved presently, I can tell you now, once you start doing an investigation, and if you have serious trouble, you don't know how, you can always call Chad or us. We work together, and we can check it out for you and prove to you that this is nothing other than a scam. Well, Mark, I appreciate the plug there. And uh, it is heartbreaking when one listens to the victimology as you described it, how they look for those vulnerable people. The divorcees, the older spinsters, perhaps a widower or a widow, and they're looking to target them. But now let's talk about the fraudster himself. Let's talk about the psychopathy behind these individuals. How do they carry on taking money from somebody knowing that that person has given their last and is now stealing from others just to make them happy. Chad, here's where the spirituality comes in. It's the mystery of iniquity. Uh, people, the mindset of people, the people of today has become absolutely uh, living with seared consciences. They don't care. Uh, the only thing that counts is money, which is the root of all evil, as we all know. They really don't consider what's going on. If If I... 
if we had the time and we would have been on the radio for the next couple of hours, I could have played you and to the public uh, recordings that would be so shocking that cannot be unheard. How they convincingly, lovingly, or threateningly, doesn't mind. In one switch they can threaten. In one switch they can be the most loving, loving person. As a matter of fact, this old lady which I was speaking of took this man in as a son. He called her mama. And, 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 and she called him the whole time my son. But uh, I can carry on and on and on. The, the, the mindset of people of today has changed very ugly. Uh, the lawlessness is, is rave. It is, there's so much lawlessness amongst the youth and amongst um, everybody today. I, I, when me and you chatted the other day, I told you that, you know, in, the, in our days, younger days, if somebody dropped his purse, we, we would run, pick it up and say, lady, you have dropped your purse. But the person of today would pick it up. And not give it. He would steal it, take the money, and discard it in a dustbin. We have seen the um, the escalation in, in, in a mindset of lawlessness immensely in the last uh, 10, 20 years. And, you know, listening to all the bad news pertaining COVID, it really um, pushes people also in, 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 in the worst kinds of situation of decision-making. And because of no money, uh, if you're that hungry and that poor, you will steal your 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 neighbor's chicken. You will steal to eat. You you will steal to feed your family. And um, this COVID situation has obviously, in the last two uh, two years, driven people to be more at home and to be more involved on the platforms. And because they're on the platforms, the um, all these cybercrime criminals has known this and has has been extremely more, much more, three, four, five hundred percent more active than before in catching and doing a phishing on uh, the Internet to get you lured and into mostly um, uh, uh, targeting people that are uh, looking for something that's too good to be true price-wise and then obviously in, in, in sexuality, people that's looking for communication or chats, uh, chats or even more. So the mindset of the criminal is is absolutely mind-boggling. There is no care in the world. Uh, we used to say in the past um, a, a, a complete druggie, uh, a person that is absolutely addicted to heroin will cut his mother's throat for his next fix. Well, let's come to this when it comes to cybercrime. They do not care. All they want is money, and they make billions Billions. Let me shock you, Chad. According to our estimate, and I cannot say that it's factual, but I estimate this after a proper survey that we've done during the years. 14% of the world's money gets lost into pornography and cybercrime and misrepresentation, theft, fraud, and knocks and scams. 14% of the world's money. That's a lot of money, brother. I can well believe it. In fact, uh I would have thought maybe even higher when one looks at what happened with COVID, with the massive PPE frauds that took place, the massive yes. advanced fee funding frauds that took place. And I'm not surprised that we're seeing this, this development, especially in the cyber world. But let's talk about morality. You, you gave a very good example of in the past, if somebody dropped something, you'd pick it up and you'd return it to that person. We now have a situation where people are thinking for themselves, 
they're entitled, they're going to take that from that other person. That other person was a fool to drop it in the first place. Where did this form of thinking come from? How can society have changed so quickly that morals seem to have flown out the window? Well, Chad, crime begets crime. If uh, most people uh, would not consider what they're doing wrong because the government does everything wrong. You must understand if the government sets the example that crime pays, you can commit it and can get away with it. Crime begets crime. If I can explain explain that, if if you have a group of people, of say, say for instance two people breaking in in an area and stealing and robbing houses, if they don't get caught and there's no crime prevention, that group will grow. Why? Because their friends will be involved as well because they see it works, they they can steal and rob and get away with it. It's so with murder. It's so with cash in transits. It's the same with uh, government corruption. It's the same any and everywhere. If one person is lazy working in the garden, everybody will eventually adapt to that. Uh, the example of uh, doing crime and getting away with it is probably the, the, the best way to escalate crime in a country. And our government sets the example that they commit crime constantly. They don't go to jail, mention them. Who's in jail? They um, they don't get uh, they they actually get the criminals in government get actually treated with 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 uh, uh, with respect. As a matter of fact, uh, they have all their rights. Uh, uh, the law protects the criminal. They on they not treated as criminals, and that's what I mean with respect. They are treated with the, the normal respect. Now you would say, yeah, but every criminal has his rights. And, and needs that respect. I totally agree with that. We have become so conformed and acceptable to the fact that the criminal is somebody that you should not treat harshly and in a zero-tolerance manner and with disrespect. But the mere fact, if you show your disrespect to crime and you treat it harshly and with a zero-tolerance basis, that's the only way you can stop crime and prevent crime. So um, needless to say, our country has, has, has all uh, um, uh, adapted to that. Most people has. And especially if you have people that is untrained, illiterate, and poor, uh, the biggest the biggest crime, most probably of all crimes in the world, and the biggest, as I can say, um, I would say rather the biggest reason why most crimes in the world are committed is due to ignorance, due to illiteracy, poverty, uh, because it's a poor person that is illiterate and ignorant that would commit the crime because he only thinks emotionally or she and uh, that person will only act out to satisfy uh, the latest or the, or, 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 or whether it's physical or emotional or even spiritual um, uh, desire. So unfortunately, we have so many people that is of that situation in our country and it's it's a tragedy because if you have a literate person that is taught well, that has had a good education or at least a reasonable education and is not ignorant and uh, abides and respects uh, the law and and can look up to the government, which sets an example that crime does not pay and does not stand for corruption, you wouldn't have this situation. So I know this is shocking information to take in, and it's not going to change, Chad. It's actually going to become worse. It is actually going to become worse because it's become a way of living. The government, the police in itself is corrupt, if not 90% corrupt. 
And what I mean is not the total police is corrupt. The police in itself does not protect and serve, does not want to protect and serve, does not care and does not want to get involved. They will do anything in their power not to take a case from you. And those listening in South Africa knows that this is the case. I don't know if this is a worldwide situation. I don't think so. But yeah, you have extreme difficulty in getting uh, getting a case uh, open. There is also obviously a very, very bad situation between all authorities and the public. There's no respect. There's no fear for the police at all. The police is totally seen as useless. And um, the (laughs) the 10 or 20% that wants to do the work can't because they don't have the infrastructure. I feel your passion, and I go off on a tangent like this myself. But I want to take away two important things that you raised in this conversation. Number one, a fish rots from the head down. You've pointed out that because leadership are seen as being corrupt, the people at the bottom of the minions are doing the same thing. And that is why we're seeing a growth in crime in South Africa. But the second and the most important thing I took away from what you just said is the fact that because we as a country – and our government has not delivered on its promises to the people in respect of education and improving their lives, that we've created the perfect storm for crime to be committed. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about your thoughts on how we're going to turn the corner, and also I want to chat more about your television show that's done so very well. You're listening to Confidential Brief. We'll be back straight after this. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Today we're chatting to Mike Borlase about scams in South Africa and the massive problem we have with crime. And already we've taken away some very important things from this discussion. One of the most important being the fact that society seems to have lost its way in respect of the way it addresses crime and also the, the manner in which leaders present themselves. It's important that crimes be communicated. And one of the shows on television, on CakeNet in particular, is a show called Bolles, which uh, has now finished its second series. Both the first and second series have been very successful. And in those, different crimes have, have been highlighted and how to address those crimes and what to do to not fall prey have been emphasized, much the same as we're doing today by chatting to Mike. Mike, tell us a little bit about the television shows. How are they doing and what's the future of the show, Bolles? Well, uh, thanks for the compliments there. It is true. They have done very well, and they are very informative. And they, uh, one of them, uh, season two, is on uh, Showmax, available on Catch-Up as well. So uh, everybody is more than welcome. It has uh, subtitles, so um, it, is, it, is, it is worthwhile watching, and it, and it is worth learning and being, uh, and being taught about crime is, is, is important. So the third season could be anything from this year or next year, depending the COVID situation and depending the decisions that CakeNet and uh, obviously Provoco, the producer, would decide. He has several other shows that he does, but it's definitely in the pipeline. Um, what we aim to do is in everything we do, like me and you are doing today, is as you say, we like to address it as it is, say what we mean and mean what we say, and then uh, obviously leave the uh, listeners or those who watch um, with uh, a crime prevention. How do you prevent crime? Now, I've explained properly uh, on scams what you should do. Uh, something I must add there is that you need to expose a scam. If 
you know something is a scam for a fact. You've identified it. You've followed the steps that I've suggested. You need to use the very platforms that they use and inform everybody. And I find that people don't do that. In other words, if you, for a fact now, like this latest small scam that came out, you can get, I think, 3,000 rand from clicks if you do this, that, and the other. We get thousands of these. We inform the people and we tell them immediately to spread it on all the platforms. So unfortunately, what God creates for good, Satan will use for evil. So all this technology we have was actually created by brilliant human minds for us to do good and to assist, uh, especially in information and and help people and to forward our uh, uh, relationships with all humans and humanity. But the criminals will use it for bad. So I would always suggest that any form of crime, you should, uh, as we South Africans say, your back rack, which means you must say your say and expose it. So you repost it on your WhatsApp groups and et cetera and say that this is fake. Another thing that I would highly uh, suggest and which I warn against is fake news. Uh, how do you identify when something is fake news? Uh, rule number one would be you don't spread something on any groups unless you know it's factual. So that's how you prevent fake news. Secondly, you follow the steps of a scam. You find out if it's factual. And if it is factual and beneficial to society, to the humans, to the South African and the world population, then you go out of your way to use the platforms to send it. It's as easy as that. But I find that people are so hooked on the Internet. They are totally, totally hooked. It's worse worse than the, the druggies that are hooked on heroin. They just cannot help themselves. They they have to react. They have to add something. And I call that the devil's algebra. They get a WhatsApp, and then what they do is they add something that they want to add with, and eventually that WhatsApp that initially went up has added a few more murders and uh, uh, some other things that has happened that has never happened uh, uh, actually before. We've seen that how many times before. And uh, that's very dangerous. Or they subtract. They take out things that they think shouldn't have been in, and they alter the WhatsApp or the SMS or the email even and every and, and so forth. So that's another third thing that you can practice in crime prevention. It boils down basically, Chad, we've seen this how many times. People must must move back to proper communications. Uh, say what you mean, mean what you say in the short, sweetest way possible, uh, and don't over-communicate and overuse any form of Facebook platforms and any of these other platforms. And needless to say, you need to be careful. You cannot have all your very, very important information that you know for a fact if it's hacked, you're in very, very serious trouble. For instance, you cannot take selfies and then your car registration shows at the back. You cannot take photos of your house and your street name and details is on it. You, you, you cannot leave your PIN number of your gate on your phone or your banking details or your contracts if you're a businessman. And yes, it's difficult because you use and work with your phone, but you'll have to be careful because as I've warned in the beginning of the chat, cybercrime is the future. Uh, there are so many internet uh, uh, threats and, 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 and interceptions and intimidation and corruption being committed on the internet, uh, either by previous staff or being hacked by the outside or by people involved in banks or in telecommunication where they infiltrate your information and they just chop and change a bit of a banking detail 
and they swipe you off all your money. Why am I saying these things? Because people's phones is the next DNA. Uh, when me and Chad had a chat, I, I said to him, if I, if, if I have a, a crime scene, they can take everything away. They can just leave the cell phone of the criminal there. Then I have everything. Because on the cell phone, I can get fingerprints. I can get DNA. The saliva is on it. There's sweat on it. And then if I open that phone, I will have everything because people save and put their lives, their complete lives on the phone. They put their girlfriends on their boyfriends, their wives, children, their holiday homes, their banking details, everything pertaining their businesses, uh, the filthy stuff, the good stuff, what they believe in, what political affiliation they're involved with. They actually say the things they shouldn't say, whether it's racial comments, whether it's even terrorism or planning to do to do attacks or hurt people, they all do it on the phone and they think it's private. Let me shock you, world. There is no such thing as privacy. And let me shock you. If I have your phone and what I've said today you have on that phone, then I have everything of you. Very, very scary. Mike Borles, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, just to remind our, our listeners that the Borles Show is available on DSTV, on Showmax. It's also on Catch-Up. Series 1 and Series 2 is there. And as always, Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure looking, listening to you. Um, normally I'm watching you on television, but listening to you being as direct as always in respect of giving the information and saying it as it is. Thanks, man. God bless you all and all of the best. That was Mike Boles. He's a specialist investigator into serious and violent crimes. His program, Boles, is on DSTV CakeNet together with Showmax and DSTV Catcher. We'll be back next week and we're going to be chatting to a lady, Devashom uh, Mudli Vieira, all about um, fraud in South Africa and what's being done in terms of legislation to make it tougher for the financial criminal out there. Um, in respect of recovering funds and in respect of prosecuting them. Because as you all are so well aware, the, the state's resources, their capacity is, is, is not where it should be. We've seen cases that should be resolved in a year or two years, taking five to ten years before they even enrolled and at court. And this cannot continue. We've heard promises from the state. We now have to hold the state accountable. And we need to see high-profile financial criminals held accountable. Thank you so much for listening today. My name is Chad Thomas. This is Confidential Brief every Monday, 12 to 1. And you can catch up with the show during the repeats later on. Or, of course, if you go to highfm.com, download podcasts, go to Corruption Busters, and within 24 hours, the most recent show will be uploaded. We'll be back next week, same time, same place.